And welcome back to the Disorderly Podcast, my fellow human beings. Our favorite sound. Well, both of those sounds. Welcome to the podcast, you disorderly fucks, mixed with that little wine splishy splash. Splishy splash, you got Nicole and young Nika up in his, his house. We're both on the feet. We're both on the track. What's up? Nemo and Otis might come make a little guest appearance here shortly, but you know, we're our two yeah. main hosts today. It's really like a four-man show. It's me, Annika, Otis, and Nemo. <laughs> and I've got my wine glass today. I know. Zane got these fancy wine glasses with stems, and I'm actually terrified. I'm just going to knock it over all the time, but I feel really fancy in the meantime. So Drew last year for Christmas got me like a purse and I like came home because I was on vacation got me a purse a bottle of wine and these like nice wine glasses Ooh, a lot and I they were like the they were circle but they're like super sharp up just like a cylinder like champagne flutes no but like thicker thicker than a snicker they're like this thick and then like that's what she said (laughs) (laughs) I just uh but she said that's what she said that's what she said (laughs) You know what I mean. And I've broken two or three of them. And oh, I'm really shit. sad because they're they're super thin glass. Yeah. Like I just went to go put it in the dishwasher, immediately smashed on something. Hate and then, that. Yeah, I've broken Bruh. a couple of them. Okay, yes. Um, my old roommate and best friend Juliet, she not old best friend, current best friend. Um, she has those right Rydell wine glasses because they're oh, yeah. like crazy the big thin. Fat ones. Well, they're like, I mean, some of them are bigger, like size wise, but they're like yeah. really thin, nice glass. Wineries typically have them. Yeah. And I, Zane and I would just break one after the other, after the other. It was expensive. terrifying. Yeah. I was just like, oh, I'm so sorry. But luckily we always broke the stemless ones. And so she never asked us to replace them because she doesn't like the stemless. I understand why now after I started using stemmed wine glass, because you don't get the fingerprints all over the glass. That is true. Right. And it's funny because I feel like being at home, like you're just cozy up on the couch, like watching TV, like you want a stemless one because it's like, it's easy to fit in your hand. But like, like when I'm just cozy at home, I typically like, (laughs) I typically grab the stemless first, but if you think about it, but if it was like, we had people over having a glass of wine, we're all sitting, having dinner. I would use a stem. Is that true? But like, even at like, if you go to a wine place and they give you a stemless wine glass, that would be odd. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'd say like a bar, like it's normal. I'd be like, is like, my whiskey going in this? I need yeah, a. <laughs> like a winery, if they gave you a stemless wine glass, you'd be like, mm, yeah. here? What Dude, am I missing? I mean, I know this isn't a rare subject for us to breach, but while we're on the subject of alcohol, um, I hate to say it it's it's painful for me but I never thought this would happen and yet it turns out alcohol isn't cool anymore did you see that article by vice no tell me all about (laughs) it well I didn't actually read it I just read the headline (laughs) but (laughs) it's cool anymore it's like all I mean I've noticed it from the younger folk like the gen is it gen z that's younger yes like they don't like glorify I yeah. identify as a millennial. 
Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. You because I'm millennial. Like, uh, yeah. I'm like, I've always been friends with older people. Mm-hmm. Like high school so best belong. friend was like three years. It was my best friend in high school is your age. Yeah. And then I go to college and then you were my best friend in college. And yeah. You're come with three us. years older. And I just we'll, said, you know what? We'll lead you to the way. Just like a fucking cold. AJ nothing but a number, sweetheart. <laughs> I know. Seriously. I actually never can remember my friend's ages, especially. It's too hard. That's too much admin. It's, Are you kidding me? Yeah. Not that. I can't remember. I can barely what... show up to the pot on time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I, yeah, that's enough numbering for me. <laughs> I can't remember ages. I can't remember dates. I can't remember, like, I try really hard to remember my friend's birth dates. You know what I mean? Like December 30th for you. See, remember. remember. Yeah. But I can never remember the year they were born or anything like that. I just, I yes. it's like. What year was I born? 1996. Mm-hmm. really it was gonna be between that or five but anyways I just think that it's like an unnecessary number to keep in your head you know what I mean there's too many things to remember when you get older you have to remember the important things like you're like okay I have to remember that I have this freaking thing due for work I can't remember <laughs> freaking Susan from high school's freaking anniversary how many Susans did you know in high school Annika? none <laughs> None. I don't know why that was the first name that gave me my mind. It just sounded like a typical, typical, like, oh yeah, really, Susan? <laughs> really, Susan? <laughs> yeah. Um, speaking of things you have to remember for work, I did something crazy this week. I love crazy things. Tell me. So, you know, I did some a lot of reflecting. I went back and took some advice from ourselves, which I never do. I never take my own advice because that's just we love that's that. too we easy. Love that. That's too easy. Have you seen those that's TikToks? Too damn easy. <laughs> it's like when your plane's crashing, when you're on like a flight. So you just put your plane on airplane mode and then it's like, that's too easy. That's too easy. <laughs> <laughs> those are TikToks. Anyways, um, what I did this week. Drum roll, please. I can't hear it. You have to actually do it. I think I have to do it on the mic a little bit. Jesus Christ. I don't hear shit. But anyways, I'll be Got <laughs> a better drum roll. So much better. Okay, the suspense better be killing you guys by now. I quit my fucking job. Save for the people of the back. <sighs> mind blown explosions everywhere band starts playing i didn't even know there was, i didn't even know there was an orchestra here orchestra's playing no literally though i finally i okay so here's how it how it went down my job wasn't serving me like mentally uh and also fulfillment wise like i wasn't feeling fulfilled i wasn't happy when i left my job i was leaving stressed drained like overworked um almost every day (laughs) underpaid I feel like I'm always underpaid underpaid. yeah damn near always but but still and so I I didn't make any rash decisions like if you do want to make a rash decision power fucking to you but I did put a note in my phone um a month ago and I I put a note in my phone and I said work ultimatum a month from today and so that work ultimatum was going to be like, okay, we're going to reevaluate. We're going to see if you're still feeling shitty about your job because sometimes there's just a learning curve or adjustments needing to be made. And nope, I re I reevaluated a month after my initial um, time where I wanted to make a rash decision, and I just decided I was done. Okay, 
Yeah. It sucked though. I thought I was going to feel like an instant weight off my shoulders when I did it, but I didn't. But I think that's uh, also because you're not done yet. So we'll see how I feel. Time to do. Yeah. yeah. I did the, I do think it's really respectable though, to give your work plenty of time to like find a replacement for you. Two weeks just doesn't cut it unless you work in service industry and then you're like, or a corporate and then you're like power to you. But if you work for like a smaller business, you should always give like a month. <laughs> so how, how did you come about it? Did you send an email or did you talk to someone? Dude, one time I quit a job by sending a text and I was like 22 years old. <laughs> oh, I've done that. Remember when I was living down in Ashland in your room, I worked at a tanning salon up in Tigard. You sent a text? And I sent a text. I said, hey, I'm sorry. I just can't do this anymore. I've got a job down here. I'm sorry. <laughs> and I quit. Did they say anything salon. back to you? Like, what the fuck? They just said, well, they kind of probably saw it coming because I was driving down yeah, to Ashland. Like, they knew. I like set up my schedule so I could like work like three days on, three days off, three days on, three days off kind of mm-hmm. thing. That's and a lot of driving. Yeah, back it was four hours, and so I was just like, I, "This is so unrealistic." And then that's when I moved down there, and I was like, "I got a job down here. I ain't coming back." Fuck yeah, I did it when I was working at a pub in Sher. That's so funny. We both did it when we were like living at each other's houses. I did it when I was You're working like, at. Sorry. Yeah. I was working at Northwest Growlers in Sherwood and I sent them a text and I was just like, Hey, I'm going back to Ashland. Uh, yeah. See you guys later. Thanks for the opportunity, blah, blah. blah. And they're literally the response was like, um, so typically you should have made a phone call or at least, you know, done this in person. Like, or and, phone- and I'm not going to show up. So what I, do you yeah, want to do? yeah. I was just like, well, my excuse was like, well, I wanted to give you guys as much notice as possible. I was like, what bitch? Like one day. <laughs> like, yeah. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> literally um but anyways yeah I did it in person um I don't know I really do respect my my boss and the people I work for and I think they're really great yeah so I didn't I like I didn't want to leave on any bad terms or anything like that but I did do it anyways like I'll spare you guys all the boring details and it feels good but then I got like a rush of like an uncertainty I'm like oh fuck what am I gonna do next and I don't know what I'm gonna do next we will see whatever no and you know like you can always go get a job at a serving place or a literally beer pouring like you have experience and like they would hire someone like you so it's like yeah you know you can always get another job yeah I'm going to be on the road for the month of like November so I gave him a month so I'm working up until on the, end the road of this month. again on the road again I can't wait to be on the road again <laughs> so when I come visit you Annika end of the month <laughs> the Yay, I'm like counting down the days I know that Thursday will be my last day of work technically so oh my gosh, we're gonna celebrate celebrate good times come, come on, on. <laughs> hell yeah brother hell yeah brother yeah we're so excited. We're... I'm excited for you to come we're excited literally you her. come and then the next weekend I go to Vegas Oh gosh. What are you going to Vegas for again? Did you already tell me? Drew's birthday. He's never been to Vegas. And so did you tell me you don't have to go to Vegas? No. No. And it's like I know I'm thinking about it. I'm like, I've never seen you go to Vegas. I don't want to go to Vegas. Only reason I go to Vegas Vegas is to go to Zion. (laughs) I've gone a couple times. And this is gonna be like the first time I'm going with just friends. I went with my ex and his family. Mm-hmm. and so like we didn't really go clubbing we just kind of went yeah. to like some bars and like casinos and stuff and then I've gone with my mom and my grandma 
more and more for a couple times because they have a, a trade show there that we go and like order a bunch of stuff for the red sled. Well, also, now, more and more has to party. Yeah, she loves fire. No one rages more and than more. Won't stop. <laughs> and so this time, Drew's never been, so it's we're gonna be all friends. So we're actually gonna go clubbing and party. And I'm like, oh, interesting. That'll I'm gonna be take fun. the Monday off. I'm not taking Friday off. I'm gonna take Monday off. You better. <laughs> you fucking better if I know anything about you. I'm fucking old now. I can't do that shit. Well, I get anxiety hangovers now where I just like become anxious and feel like I'm on the verge of a panic attack all day. So I can't work yes. in those conditions. And like even today, this morning, I was fucking hungover. Like we went out for, I took my mom out. Her birthday is on the 8th and she's out of town. She's up in Oregon and I took her out last night for dinner and we drank wine and this morning i was so fucking hungover really I, i'm supposed to start work at 8 30 i didn't get out of bed until like 9 15 from how much wine uh, well we split a bottle at dinner and then uh they had a free wine tasting but the wine tasting pours were heavy and there was like six bottles okay so that was probably a whole nother glass so i had like two three glasses and then I had another glass waiting for my dad's food to be ready. So, <laughs> and then I went home and had two more glasses. Well, who's counting by this point? <laughs> so I more with I've the been, numbers, more with the numbers. That's another that thing I don't keep track of. <laughs> and I was like, "Fuck! How did that happen?" My mom and I were sitting in the hammock last night, underneath the lights. That looks lovely. I saw the Instagram post your mom. Posted. She's current view. I know. I loved it. She's like, I don't think me and Nika will ever get out. <laughs> I'm like, maybe you can't get up, old lady. Aw, or maybe you can get up from the 50 glasses of wine that you drank, <laughs> little lady. Touche. Who <laughs> fucking Shay? I know. My mom left this morning. She went and flew home to Orion to have her red sled, and she is getting ready for the Gnome Festival. What is the gnome festival? I have to know every single detail. Okay, before you tell me the detail, I have to tell you a quick story about my friend from college. Um, it was like actually I was in high school and they were in college, but I would just hear all these crazy stories about people doing like mushrooms and shit. I okay, now that I'm rethinking about this story, it can't be real. So I'll just tell you. So there was this guy and he did a bunch of mushrooms and he went to this party and he found this gnome on someone's lawn. And then he took the gnome and he put it in his closet. He like brought it home and like it's just going. Yeah. And so he put it in his closet. And then he goes to sleep, wakes up the next morning to like banging on his closet. And he's like, what the fuck? He took a little person home and put it in his closet. <laughs> he was on mushrooms and what did the what did the little person do i don't know just be a captive um i now that i'm thinking about it it might have been like a joke because but i was so gullible at the this fresh is like needs to be from page news like, yeah someone's gotta know about this is he still in the closet <laughs> <laughs> who isn't still in the closet let's be honest <laughs> let's be honest just a little all of us come on <laughs> um so the gnome festival <laughs> is so apparently gnomes are really hip happening um i don't know if it's the older generation what? or what but my mom has a store she's had it for 26 years that's and awesome entrepreneurial boss bitch sign her up 
Yeah, for all so boss bitch shit. She's That's a boss ass bitch. <laughs> bitch. Bitch. <laughs> um, so she, like, the gnomes are like, so first of all, she loves to like say gnomes are Swedish because my mom just thinks everything's Swedish that she loves. And so she goes, it like created, like, a couple years ago, there was like a bunch of, like, she started, gnomes became popular and they sold like crazy at the red sled. And so she, uh-huh. was, like, these gnomes, these gnomes, these gnomes. And then like people were coming from all over. And then she created a gnome room at the red sled last year was it a closet and it was like a whole back room that's awesome and people came oh hi nemo oh there nemo go um and then people came from all over in gnome costumes to take pictures in this room with this gnome that she made dude great marketing yes and so this year she goes i'm gonna have a gnome festival and she's been planning it since last year sold tickets to it it's like a hot commodity and like Friday night, you had to buy tickets and only like certain people could come. And then on Saturday, it's like open to the public and she's super excited. So if you're up in the Sherwood area, go to the Gnome Festival at Do the Red Market. That's awesome. It's yeah. The Hobby Lobby. It's my mom's store. She's had it forever. It's cute. They have like quick little plug for, yeah, yeah the Red gifts, Sled. Home decor. They have all local vendors shout out to yeah. rustic bum they actually <gasps> no yeah, way i had maddie reach out to my mom and i haven't heard anything yeah i don't know for sure but i know she was gonna send stuff to my mom and she was interested in it so yet another rustic bum yeah if you guys are the good old ski bums just a good old mountain bums, bums beach bum in general hit up uh-huh. the rustic bum on instagram etsy they're amazing etsy go mm-hmm. order all their product they have handmade Dude. like hats and jewelry and jackets sweatshirts hats i have all the not galore stop respect for entrepreneurial women and like yep you know just finding your craft and just fucking belly flopping into the wide ocean of possibility with your craft I think it's so fucking cool and so that's why I will always like plug all of these women at any chance I can get Donna Anderson Red Sled Madison Consula did I say her last name right Cancel. <laughs> Madison Cancela, Rustic Bum uh Allison Campbell eyebrows like go go to them <laughs> go to them <laughs> so go check them out though they're freaking rad as fuck and mads is a badass bitch yeah except she sadly just broke her ankle i don't know if you saw that i didn't so see that the poor thing she was surfing because she's a badass and of course and they're building a fucking house with their bare hands a tiny home they're building a tiny home you can follow with their, their bare hands, with bad hands. The bad uh, hands. <laughs> you can follow along with their build on her instagram um it's not the rustic bomb instagram it is in there it's in her like saved stories and her instagram name is mads.cancela mads.cancela so anyways she is one of the founders of rustic bum and she's building a tiny home and you should go support her because she's fucking awesome (laughs) that she is yeah i just love all my friends i know they're all so great (laughs) like i'm convinced that like my best friends are the best play- people on the planet like yeah. they all are my friends yeah 100 so. um i'm just gonna swerve here guess what i got this this week that i think is going to be a great contribution to my life uh a dildo 
great guess, but no. <laughs> um, I got it? one of those sunrise alarm clocks. Have you heard of those? No, but I have a whole alarm clock scenario, but so tell me about it. <laughs> okay. So a sunrise alarm clock is pretty much like a natural way to wake yourself up. And so you set it for a certain time and it's like a lamp. And the one I got was, Did you see that? <laughs> yes, I saw that. Psychopath. Okay. <laughs> the one I got was only $36 on Amazon because I'm about to be a broke bitch when I stop working at my job but um it is you set it for a certain time and it slowly illuminates you can set how long you want it to illuminate for so mine's at 20 minutes so set for 6 a.m and then 20 minutes to 6 it starts getting lighter and lighter and then it gets its brightest at 6 a.m how bright and is bright though not super bright but it's bright enough and then I set it to where there's a sound where you hear like birds chirping so that kind of wakes me up and then I just in so case holistic. Yeah, dude. I love it. It's this really like fucking coming. cool. Oh, yeah, in the morning, she starts like, levitating. It's like the most like peaceful way I can imagine waking up without actually waking up in a freaking I don't know one of those tanks that is the same temperature as your body. Anyways, oh yeah, yeah. So it it wakes you up by like it's supposed to mimic the natural sunrise, and so you just kind of wake up naturally from that, and then you I don't have that. like that pesky alarm clock sound like eh, eh, you know. Um, I mean, I still set my alarm clock for like an hour later because I don't actually have to wake up at six. I just want to wake up at six, so I set my alarm clock for like an hour later just in case I don't wake up. But yeah, it's just a really nice way to kind of like get you up and move in in the morning. So, what I wake up to, if you wanted to know, when I'm do. My house with Drew, he does not wake up well. He has this alarm clock because he's never been a waker upper. And he has this alarm clock that like starts like beep beep, beep beep, beep beep, beep beep. And then it's like <laughs> literally one time we like went as we woke up like weirdly early because me and Drew do that sometimes. We'll wake up at like 4 a.m. and just not go Jesus. back to sleep. Know. It's like, well, it's weird. We've okay, crackheads. We started dating. I know. Um, so we went to Starbucks when we come back. We could hear it from the parking lot of his old apartment complex. That's how loud it gets. Yes. Holy because fuck. we didn't turn the alarm off and then it went off. Your poor and neighbors. It is so terrible. And then, like, I don't let him set that alarm if I'm here because I'm like, I will, no. I will wake up and I will wake you up. Like, I will not wake up to that because that scares the fuck out of me. And that is the worst thing in the morning is being scared when you and wake you'll up. And you'll be angry. Your you'll wake up. No, yeah, quite yeah, and the your opposite. Heart, your heart is like beating super fast. And I'm like, that is not me. That I is can't, literally like, my... That is the worst traumatic way to wake up in the morning. That and is so, the opposite of my sunrise alarm clock. The peaceful, like, birds chirping. Literally. Just like, eh, eh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then he decides to, he says, okay, if I can't set that alarm, I have to say. Then he secretly sets one on his phone. And it's the, wah, 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 like, you know, the, like, freaking iPhone alarm that is, like, the loudest. Yes. Like, that is what he wakes up to on full blast. What is his deal? Is he a serial killer? I, okay, Dahmer. I literally I'm like I can't do it I'm like and then he doesn't wake up to it so I'm like hitting him I'm like <laughs> goddamn alarm. you're getting angrier and angrier he's like well I don't wake up because you don't let me set the big alarm <laughs> the big alarm the money the ticket alarm I'm like not for me brother not, not for, for me, me. Bro. um yeah 
Okay, that is miserable. Zane used to do that too, and I would get livid, and now he doesn't have that alarm clock anymore. So I, I think I'm training him slowly but surely. Um, but speaking of how I just called <laughs> Drew Dahmer, I didn't mean that, <laughs> Drew, but <laughs> have you, you watched the Jeffrey the Dahmer um, the okay. series on Netflix? I've watched a little bit of it. and I couldn't watch it. I got too spooked, like, right away. It's okay. So I'm already like a psychopath. Like I always think people are following me, and like <laughs> I am just like this sex guy. trafficker, sex trafficker, just, sex trafficker, <laughs> sex trafficker. You are. I uh. So I started watching it. And I'm just like, nope, not today, Satan. Like fuck this. Is yeah, like, literal you, Satan. Women are never gonna date again. There's uh-huh. just not. You're never gonna trust a man at a bar. No. You're never gonna let a man buy you a drink. Like nope. I will me. say the TikToks on it have been hilarious. And but he was just like so <laughs> casual about Dude, yeah. everything. Yeah. And it was just like normal. He goes, yeah, I just had an infatuation. I, just, I hate that. With the way that like people's bodies were, I didn't mean to kill him. No, not for me. I couldn't watch it. Uh, Zane tried to put it on for like a second and I was already in like a really anxious headspace. I was like, what the fuck are you doing putting this on? There's, we're not watching this right now. I'm terrified. Like I'm going to like go check myself into the grippy socks hospital. The grippy socks hospital. (laughs) Not a gun. Not a gun. Well, I do need a new pair. So (laughs) just kidding. My old pair's running out. No shame if anyone has gone to the Grippy Sock Hospital, but not yet for me. Um, <laughs> Speaking of Grippy Socks and hospitals, it was just five years ago that I went to the hospital in college. I don't know if you knew me when I went. It was my very, very I don't even know you now. College. I don't even know who you are. Anymore. Okay, I wouldn't have known you your first couple of weeks of college. Okay, you went to the yeah. hospital? Yeah, so, okay, this is like my first week of moving out from home ever I was to Southern Oregon University I knew my roommates I had a couple friends and I started getting like super sick and like shout out Hannah she had to like deal with it she was my first roommate and she like I kept getting sicker and sicker and it was like the first week of classes and I was Mm -hmm. like I can't go to class like I was so sick. I couldn't walk in. It got worse and worse and worse. I couldn't drink, eat anything. And so you're already flunking out week two. Yeah. And like Mads Carlin and I, like she had a car and I was like, Hey, like I need you to drive. Like I can't walk up to the urgent care at the school. Like, can you take me up there? She goes, yeah, takes me up there. They go, I had the worst throat abscess that she goes, I've never seen one this bad. (gasps) Ew. Yeah, you have to go in for emergency surgery. And so Maddie had to, we went and picked up Dane because Dane was there. Mm-hmm. And we drove to Medford and I had to go to, to um, surgery. And I was like, I won't go into surgery until my mom is here. Because if my mom and my grandma like immediately hopped in the car to come down. And went into surgery. I was in the hospital for like four days and all my friends would come visit me I had like all these pictures we like ran circles around this hospital but I can <laughs> was, imagine oh yeah sneaking but in white claws <laughs> it just came up it was like five years ago which is crazy to think like oh my ago, god so. yeah that's wild throat abscess and they what happened was is I just like got sick and then when your immune system's low you can like develop it mm-hmm I, I see the dorms the nasty yeah dorms. yeah you just weren't ready for that exposure of just constant germs as the dorms yeah, presented like, you 
Yeah, and I couldn't go to class. It was just fucking terrible. But... Dude, I had a funny hospital experience when I was in college. Like I funny haha. <laughs> funny weird. <laughs> Not funny weird. I got I went to the hospital because I got stabbed at iPub. What in the <laughs> devil? <laughs> Story time now. Not stabbed. Okay. Well, it was just in my finger, but I still have the scar to prove it. Um, can you see it? Hold on. Right there. Oh yeah, I do see it. Yeah. Did your finger almost fall off? It did. No, I I had to get stitches and I so you reminded me not because of the hospital story, but because you were like, I still have the Snapchat memories to remember it. And I have my Snapchat memories to remember this by. It is bloody. It is gory. I will post it one day to the Instagram, to the disorderly Instagram Snapchat or like the disorderly story. Instagram Snapchat. No, I will post it one day to the disorderly Instagram story because I think it's hilarious, but it is quite disgusting. So I was at iPub. And I was with my friend Charlie and we went there after like, gra- it was graduation weekend and he had this ongoing feud going with his neighbors and to the point where like, at first it was kind of funny and then it became like very serious where like they would, they would almost like vandalize each other's homes and like Charlie created like Well, a- he like lived in that like second story apartment. Like, it was like an apartment, apartment so like thing. his it wasn't really an apartment it was like his neighbors had yeah. to pass his apartment to get to theirs yeah it was I don't know anyways and so he would like create like a trip wires so, like anytime they would walk by because they were so loud he like created like a trip wire and he'd like pull was it, it a and joke started... or was this real it was kind of a joke but like it was they kind of low-key hated each other they, they yeah it was low-key hate at first and then high-key hate towards the end and so we were at iPub and it was like late night. iPub was about to close. It was, you don't want to be at iPub when they're about to close. That means you've been at iPub probably three too hours long. too long. <laughs> yeah. yeah too and so long. we were just sitting there and there wasn't very many people there anymore. And it was just us, a few stragglers, and then his neighbors. I've never been in iPub when it hasn't been smashed in there. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. This was, um, you know, special times, special times and desperate, so, call, desperate times call for desperate measures yeah long story short his neighbors and him start bickering and I was just kind of like shut the fuck up leave him alone like you both just like leave each other alone and then his neighbors started getting like in my face and I was just and they were girls they were girls I didn't mention that part they were all girls oh, so and you're still at iPub there you guys I'm, are all there together we're still at iPub and then they start getting into my face and I'm just like dude just like leave us alone like what the fuck go away and then I start like not I don't shove them or anything but I like start like pushing them back to like their table I'm like hey like go back to your table bro and then they fucking (laughs) I don't know what transpires because like I said closing time at iPub I'm fucked up but the girl smashes like a corona bottle on the table and then some commotion happens I look down at my finger and it's just like bursting with blood and I was just like was she gonna like cut your throat with the corona bottle what the fuck's her issue <laughs> perhaps perhaps she was I don't know. what is up with this these psychos what she's and like then, like that is like some hood rat shit like it was hood rat. like what are you gonna do <laughs> like, literally and so I get rushed to like the back where they have like a first aid kit and they're like oh fuck like we need to call like 911 and I was like no it's fine just give me a band-aid and then <laughs> And then they're like, dude, we'll give you a band-aid, but we're also calling the police. Like, 
this we have to do something about this and I was like oh my god like I'm not going in an ambulance and then so like they call the police the police come they send an ambulance I'm like I'm not getting in a fucking ambulance like do you know how much money that's gonna cost me nope for a finger yeah you're like yeah and to me I was like it's just like a cut it's like a paper cut but no it would not stop like bleeding barely hardcore and so long story short I I say that as I keep like making the story longer um (laughs) the cop was like oh my god like well you have to go to the hospital even if you're not taking an ambulance I'm like well I'm fucked up but I was like are you taking me to the hospital and he's like yeah fine I'll take you to the hospital and I'm like okay <laughs> so the police. I, the police yeah and so I start getting in like the police car and at like the, the stragglers that were there I'll think I'm getting arrested because I just saw an altercation happen and then me getting in a police car and then like I see somebody like filming I see like and then people are all yelling like she didn't even do anything. It wasn't her. And I was just like, they thought you were curious. Yeah. <laughs> and then I, um, <laughs> I just like, I go get bandaged up. I, nothing, like I didn't have to pay for anything. And, uh, cause I had insurance that covered it all. And then, but it was just kind of funny. Cause I, they were like, do you want to press charges? And I was like, um, only if I'm going to have a hospital bill and I didn't end up having one. So I was like, no, I'm good. But they still, the I think it was like iPub or the city had press charges against the girl and so like weeks later I get like a call from my dad and he was like you know when you're in college your your home address is still like your parents address he's like hey I got this letter and it's it was addressed to you but like I thought it was like I didn't know what it was it looked important so I was like opened it like no big deal you know I don't care if you open my mail and he's like, and it said you were um, invited to a court hearing for an altercation that happened at a place called Orion's Irish Pub. <laughs> he's like, like <laughs> so confused. He's like, yeah. are you getting in fights, Nicole? He's greatly concerned. And I was like, oh, that, don't worry about that. That's fine. <laughs> That's hilarious. Your I know. poor dad's like, what the fuck, Nicole? Yeah, it was pretty good. I don't know what happened to the gal. I hope she didn't do that again to somebody else but i I still think it's a funny story the pictures i have from snapchat i went to the hospital and i was fucked up and so i was especially gushing blood and then yeah i was probably like like this fucking drunk girl yeah bar fight (laughs) and i was just like (laughs) snapchatting the whole thing for some reason my drunk brain was like this is cool and i just was like zooming in on like him doing the stitches and everything it's gnarly i'll send it to you did you uh what hospital did you go to the one in ashland it was at er right there yeah Yeah, there's only one in in ashland or else you have to go to like medford so i guess i was lucky in that sense I love that though. That I never knew that story. When, really? That was graduation. Well, I didn't oh, live there good one. anymore, but still. That's like true. Yeah, yeah. I bet if I show you the pictures, you'll remember it. But that's my fun story. Oh, fucking nuts, that right? Is, that is fucking crazy. There's, <laughs> there's been some bad shit, like ratchet things that have happened at IPA, but like the yeah. woman smashing a bottle, like she was going to come cut your throat. Like, what are you gonna do, bitch? That's what I would have said to this girl. Like, what uh, the fuck are you gonna do? Cut my freaking finger off? And you know what? Here I am getting sunrise alarm clocks, practicing meditation. <laughs> I'm fine. <laughs> I like to plant plants and yeah. listen to the sunrise. Yeah, I know. I'm just like all like a mental health guru now. I Speaking love it. of mental health, mental health, what time is it? It's time. Another drum roll. Book of the week. Yay! Book of the week. Book of the week. 
Oh my gosh. Okay. So I love this week's book of the week because for me, as I like move to a new place and I don't really have very many friends here, but um, I know, but I don't have many people to go just like grab a beer with or whatever I want to do. And so like, I keep getting stuck in like anxious thought loopholes where it's just like never ending. So I read this book this week and it's called Unwinding Anxiety by Judson Brewer. Ooh, Are you ready? I like it already. I know. I know. I um, like it. I love it. I want to know of it. <laughs> I like that remix. Please. We're going to have to do that every time. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So um, it's by Judson Brewer and he is an MD and a PH motherfucking D. <laughs> that means yeah, that. <laughs> That means that he combines his passion of helping people with good old-fashioned science. So obviously anxiety is super prevalent these days. And I think almost any everyone has experienced like some form of anxiety and it it sucks. It literally fucking well, sucks. Yes. Yeah. And so Preach I just it. yeah. And so I chose this because like one, the cover of the book was really pretty. <laughs> and also what color because was it? it's like white and it has like blue and then it has like a red scribble of a brain but it's like scribbles and then it looks like someone's like pulling out the thread of all the thoughts I don't know it looks cool I feel like I've seen it I know it, I think a lot of people have Amazon? seen it but I don't, um probably I'll post it to our story as well uh when this episode drops but so some people actually have an experience anxiety but an example I love to use when someone hasn't actually experienced anxiety is the feeling of when you're trying to like when you're walking up a set of stairs and you're not looking and then you try to step on that last stair but there's no more step anymore and you like feel like you're falling for like a split second and you know that like that raciness that your heart gets for that split second just imagine yep. that on a never-ending loop until your brain is able to calm down and that's what anxiety oh, feels yeah. like um not only is it that feeling but it's excessively worrying about very common everyday things so there's like no real trigger to it that you can really put your finger on most of the time but you're just like fuck I'm fucking anxious again and it's so hard to treat because it morphs into a bunch of different symptoms and hides where you least expect it sometimes it's even physical like you'll feel it you'll feel sick to your stomach or you'll feel like um restlessness like it it hides many like crevices of your body and so in his studies Judson found that anxiety is deeply embedded and correlated with habit you can't fix your anxiety until you learn to understand it and where it comes from if you don't you resort to short-term fixes like reaching for a pint of ice cream to like you know make yourself feel better or you reach for like me <laughs> a glass of wine because um it just puts like a band-aid on your emotions for the time being but it does not fix it um the biggest problem okay maybe not the biggest but a big problem is that anxiety is really similar to fear and so it's kind of like difficult to disassociate or to uh separate the two fear versus anxiety and like figure out what's actually scary and what is just your anxiety um but fear helps us to survive so our brains don't really like let go of that feeling very easy um even more so anxiety is a mixture of fear and uncertainty so for example do you ever get anxiety when you have like too much free time for me if I have what do you do yeah for me like if I have a totally free weekend after busy weekends in a row I start to get anxiety because I'm like what the fuck am I going to do? Cause I just have so much uncertainty and I just no like, start, yeah. 
And then I start to, and that spirals because I really want to like plan. I really want to know what I'm going to do this weekend. And then I want structure, but there's no structure. And then I obsessively start making to-do lists that I don't even need to make just so I don't freak out over the uncertainty. And so it like in turn is anxiety. That is huge though. Right. I know. And so a lot of our fear and survival instincts come from our prefrontal cortex. Does that word sound familiar? It sounded familiar to me, but I never really knew what it was prefrontal cortex yeah it's it's in our frontal lobe but it's the newest and least developed part of our brains and it's also um, a very helpful part of our brains because it it's pretty much like what deciphers what's dangerous and what's not it 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 helps us to figure out sense things yeah it gives like our us our instincts pretty much it's like our survival instincts um it spits out like the equivalent of an Excel spreadsheet of all the possibilities and outcomes to help us survive. Uh, it also learns from experience. And so that's why we might feel a little bit triggered from past experiences. Um, for example, I used to get really bad anxiety when I was on the freeway. And for me, there was like no exit strategy to like get off the freeway. So I started freaking out. And then for a while there, like probably my prefrontal cortex was like, Ooh, we're in danger. We're going to remember this every single time we get on the freeway. <laughs> so it really was just fucked. Um, so it also, our prefrontal cortex learns best from experience. And so that's why we might feel a little bit triggered from past experiences. And what's, what's worse is that worry is extremely difficult to control because our prefrontal cortex uses it as a problem solving, uh, you know, strategy almost. And so when we can't find a solution, that's what fucks us over. And what I like to think about is the fine dining restaurant uh, episode of SpongeBob. Do you remember that one? Say it to me and I might. <laughs> okay. It's the one I where he's big, like- I was a big SpongeBob watcher. So. William comes into town and Squidward wants to impress him saying that he works at a big fancy restaurant. And so he's like, SpongeBob's like, I can help you. I can help you. And he's like, okay, just forget everything except for fine dining and breathing. And so he like shreds everything in his brain. And it's just like, okay, remember everything except for fine dining and breathing. And he becomes like the best, like fine dining uh, waiter of all time. And then Squilliam is just so impressed that he's like, man, I am so impressed by your waiter. What's his name? And then SpongeBob just goes, my my name? <laughs> Squilliam's like, yes, your name. He's like, my, yeah, my name. And then it shows a bunch of mini SpongeBob's in his brain. It's like, searching through the files and he's like he's like what's his name what's our name we can't remember our name we must have shredded the name and then like everything just like turns on fire in his brain and so that's what I think of when we can't find a solution to like our anxiety problems like getting on the freeway I'm just like my brain Spongebob (laughs) relate to Spongebob always think of Spongebob always um that's hilarious yeah so anyways um as we already know by now our bodies and our brains are extremely connected and so when we are triggered by something we go into fight flight or freeze mode just like animals do but unlike say like a dog they shake and release that energy when that when like the threat has passed and so they go like and we don't do that as humans because usually when this happens we're in like daily social situations so like adrenaline like that energy of just like shittiness just sits in our body and becomes stagnant and then it just like results in nothing good I'll tell you do you know you know that feeling after you get done with like a feeling of like immediate threat or danger or so you thought and then you just like like, guilt it's like kind of like guilt but it's not guilt you're just like you just feel unsettled yeah when I was going through a really bad anxiety spell um a tip someone once told me was to like excuse yourself go to the bathroom and just like 
jump up and down and just shake it out and just like get rid of that like feeling of immediate like threat and danger and that does help a bit I'll just say that I like that yeah I like that yeah um so let's talk about addiction for a second because literally everyone is addicted to something some things like fucking meth are worse than being addicted to you know what I'm addicted to like always saying that's what she said but just like meth or that's what she said jokes anxiety and worrying is addicting anxiety and worry is addicting because it probably has saved our lives in one way shape or form so our brains are like holding tight onto that feeling of being like okay this is a good one let's remember this and it's kind of like the first time we were texting and driving and then looked up and had to slam on our brakes with a quick surge of panic and we we're just like oh fuck like you know and then drops. yeah but you know then we realized we're like okay we're safe now and then you're just like okay I'm gonna remember this feel like you know to do this like have this like feeling if I ever or like if you step out into traffic and then jump back your brain's like okay we're gonna remember this it's just kind of your brain yeah. learns so much better from experience than it does just from like word of mouth yeah yeah and uh, Judson Brewer begins this, his evidence by going over for like this, these claims by going over when the brain first started developing, when we were literal cave people, and we'd be hungry. I'm putting this in like the simplest terms possible. We'd be hungry and we're like, find a yummy berry and we'd eat it. And then our berry. brain, <laughs> yeah, hungry, yummy berry, eat it. <laughs> and then our, our brain would this, get this big old dopamine rush. And then we would store that info in our brain, probably subconsciously of like where to find this berry again later. Cause that was a really good feeling. And so that is pretty much like the most basic form of an example of positive reinforcement and reward, reward-based learning. Um, it's very effective and like in learning new habits and learning new shit. And so just like dogs being rewarded with treats, pretty much, you know, like when yeah, people seriously. say to like teach your dog, just like you give them a treat when they do something good. And they're like, oh my God, this is great. Um, so the do next, that again. I'm going to do that again for sure. <laughs> and so the next time a cave person was sad, let's just say their brain would go, yo, let's use that cool dopamine trick we learned from experience last time and go find that berry bush. <laughs> and so (laughs) and just think about how fucked we are in this regard like especially nowadays and especially especially for people who feel addicted to food like every time they're sad now we have like a dopamine fix accessible at our fingertips via DoorDash and other delivery services like Grubhub or whatever and just be like oh I'm sad like better fix this real quick and then you get that dopamine rush or social media even you know like if you want to go post on social media and get a few likes and you get that dopamine rush, like we have s- such access to it that we're all really fucking addicted to dopamine. Yeah. Um, I mean, who doesn't love a good dope rush? <laughs> I love a good dope rush. Oh, gets me high. <laughs> <laughs> but it's important for us to understand this like original way in this example of how our brains work so that we can understand how we form habits and in turn how we form habit loops. Dude, habit loops are such a fucking trip they pretty much work like this so there's a trigger you're out at a new bar with people you don't really know very well resulting in anxiety behavior you start taking shots you fuck a club up you're like i don't know anyone i'm anxious yeah and then you get this reward of like a numbing or social lubricant and that's like a pretty good reward no And so in this way, we've essentially tricked our brains into thinking anxiety is almost a reward because of our habit loops. Like, of course, anxiety isn't the reward, but you're like, oh, if I get anxiety, that means I get, I get like this social numbness after I take shots, you know? And so we're like, wee shots. Yeah. (laughs) And, uh, 
anxiety is so common in our daily lives that our brain started to establish anxiety as like the correct way to feel whenever we have unfinished tasks ahead of us or going into a new place or meeting new people and so on. Um, anxious brains really like familiarity. And so we try to avoid oh, yeah. newness at almost like all costs, you know? And then to get rid of your stupid habit loops, uh, you first have to really, really fucking deeply understand it and map it out. Uh, you could even write it down, map it out, whatever you got to do. Uh, this takes quite a bit of mindfulness, but it's so worth figuring it out because um, it doesn't take a, a ton of money spent on a therapist or a lot of pain either. It's just some thought and some self-awareness. The next time you're in a loop of, you know, whatever you went to the bar, you drank too much because you didn't know anybody and then you felt good in the moment, but you wake up feeling fucking hungover. Just like sit there and think about it for a second and be like, how did this begin? Just kind of like replay and just become really aware of the events that transpired and also how you felt in the moment. And like also the, the way that your brain worked in that, in that time. And so like the next time you're in that loop, uh, just be mindful, like meditation and mindfulness is like a jungle gym for your brain. You feel fucking wiped after, like you're so tired yeah. because you're like, what the fuck? I'm exhausted. But you're, you're, but it feels so good too. It's kind of like how you get endorphins after you work out. You know what I mean? Yeah. So now what's the coolest thing about life is that we can pick up our metaphorical pen and pad of paper today and rewrite our entire future starting with today. And in order to fix our problem though, we have to fully understand it and in turn change our reward. Like in the drinking example, the numbing or social lubricant. Um, so the tricky part about that is the more rewarding the behavior is, the harder the habit. So if you place a high reward with numbing yourself, it's going to be difficult to find something to replace that. The reward of a behavior drives future behaviors, not the behavior itself. So for example, if you kind of like start to be mindful when you do those things and you're just like, actually, this isn't as rewarding as I'm making it out to be, you can almost start like breaking down that reward and in turn, you like kind of break down that behavior. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so habit is so embedded in our daily activities, right? Like you mindlessly oh, yeah. wake up and grab a glass of water or you brush your teeth. Um, and it's just like your brain just stops thinking about these things and uses that mental energy to like learn new things. But that's where the mindfulness needs to come in because you, these habits, like going to the bar and just start ordering shots is so habitual that you need to like really um, be in the present moment and think about what you're doing in that moment. And then you can stop the pattern in that sense. So if you do this, no matter how many small the time, even if you just like stop one extra shot, like let's say you usually go to the bar and order five shots average on a night. If you, next time you go to the bar and you're like, Ooh, that didn't feel good the next day. I'm going to order four shots tomorrow. And then three, you know, just like however little that, that adjustment is like, eventually it'll stick because you're, consciously rewriting your habit loop and then the reward okay this is where it kind of gets a little bit more tricky and like <clears throat> very circumstantial for each person so like your reward of the numbing the social lubricant you have to replace it with something that's a bigger better reward so in that sense I think the best place to start and so does the author of this book is to get really curious. Um, you pretty much need to replace your old habit loop with a bigger, better reward. And curiosity evidently is like very rewarding by itself. 
mindfulness is a great reward too because you feel good from both of these things after so it's like it it's not as immediate you can't purchase it but it will replace that reward of being numb so to practice practice mindfulness meditate practice mantras like is this anxiety serving me a purpose? So let's just say for me, if I'm driving on the freeway and I start getting anxiety, I just kind of have to like come into that present moment and be like, what purpose is this anxiety serving? And then I, my brain, your brain is really fucking smart. It's just like stuck in this habit. And so if you actually could come to and just be like, what is this anxiety serving? Is it trying to help me survive? And you're like, no, is it, you know, protecting me from a potential harm? No. Then you just kind of like, snap back into it I swear to god I practiced this all week after I started reading this book and I was just like whoa this is working really quickly (laughs) and so you just yeah you just like stop that anxiety spell in its track and then you just ask yourself you just keep asking yourself what am I getting from this what am I getting from the sense of panic what am I like gaining and then you logically devalue that that reward of being like I'm saving myself. No, you're not. You're just fucking making yourself feel like shit. And then you're like, oh, this doesn't feel good. I no longer want to feel this way. I will no longer be anxious. Like it kind of just like you makes you backtrack. It's kind of cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, curiosity, like I think that's a really helpful way to start is when you start to feel this way, just get curious. If you don't really know how to be mindful, just get curious and be like, hmm, what mm. is this doing for me? Yeah, Peculiar. just kind of start there, literally. And uh Anyways, there's, there's a lot of great examples in this book to like, really guide you along how to do this. These, as I always say, these are just the bullet points, but um, I really do recommend this book if you want to get really dived down into it. it. Listen on tape. Yeah. I, I yeah. Audiobooks are really cool. Um, What was it called again? It's called Unwinding Anxiety by by Judson Brewer. Judson Brewer. Sounds yes, like and they do jugs. <laughs> jugs. <laughs> they they do jugs for sure. They created an app, um, and it's the Unwinding Anxiety app. So maybe you don't want to read the book, but you want to get the app. Do that. Um, they did a bunch of tests on it and experiments, and it basically showed users finding like a sixty-three percent decrease in worry, which equals Ooh. which equals decrease. We in anxiety. need that in our life. Yeah, literally. And main takeaway, always remember mindfulness is key. You stay in the present moment with mindfulness, see habit loops more quickly and nip them in the bud. Uh, If you experience many short moments like this, it will create long lasting habits. We love that. We love it. We Thank love you, to Nicole, see it. for our You're book welcome. of the week. <laughs> I'm well, happy everybody, to do so. Thanks for coming. Thanks for listening. Thanks for hanging out. Woo-hoo. As always, we're all a bunch of disorderly fucks. So. We're all fucked, but we're just all working <laughs> on it together. I like to think of it as we're all in like these parallel journeys, like trying to achieve overall the same thing. And we're all just working on it separately. So keep at it, and folks. We're all in this together. together. all right cheers and have a great rest of your week everybody i have cheers the wrong thing (laughs) and we'll see you next thursday can't wait to show you what else i learned about my brain yay bye (laughs) bye